Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowlandson. I'm joined, as ever, by Matt Kendrick. Matt, how are you? I'm all right. I'm happy. I'm happy. We're back. Not seen you for a while. You saw me in the park before. Uh, before let's not talk about that. Time, <laughs> let's not talk about that. I've not seen you online for a while. Uh, me and James have done a few together, but yeah, it's nice to speak to you. Yeah, I wasn't here last week. Wasn't for the for the four three against Southampton. Uh, I only, only turns up. Only turns well, up when we're winning. Yeah, it's probably about right actually. That, yeah. so hopefully, you'll be seeing a lot more of me. Um, great win. First of all, let's just give out some some general thoughts. Um, Aston Villa. Uh, Arsenal nil, Villa three, and a cracking night at the Emirates. Yeah, it's um, you know you wait ages for a win against Arsenal to come along and two come along at once. You know <laughs> both of which we're not allowed. And uh, anywhere near as we know. We should, we should have beat them at their place last year as well. Let's not forget. Yeah, exactly. And I think Villa. Listen, I know they've had a couple of kind of aberrations uh, against Leeds and against Southampton, but I do think that Villa seem a little bit more rugged. And a little mm-hmm. bit more streetwise, hopefully. Um, I'm sure we'll say that after the victories and moment they're not after the defeat, so, <laughs> as is our way. But um, no, it was it was a kind of masterclass all the way through, wasn't it? Even when I know we, I don't know what order you want to discuss the talking points, might as well do it chronologically. Yeah, but go for it. Even when that, that kind of 45 seconds was it when that opening goal was was disallowed? Um, well, it's 45 seconds when it was scored. I think it was about 28 minutes when it was ruled out. Um, but but only three minutes injury time at half time though. <laughs> yeah, well I don't know. I'm you know I've got fingers to do the maths on. Um, what was your take on it? I thought we played very very well. Um, I'm not not been that impressed by Arsenal. I, I say this often, and it's almost a little bit of a football cliche at this point. But you never know what Arsenal is going to turn up. Sometimes they they play against you and they're they're brilliant and they look very good, and then other times they look like a an average mid-table team at best. Um, but I don't think it, it was so much of that this uh, tonight because we've played them twice now and they've not been great in two games. But we were, I thought we were really good in, in places tonight. I think we controlled the, the the pace of the game well. We looked like we were, um, you know, we set the tempo, especially in the second half after after going two 0 up. It was like right, this is this is Villa's game to take control of now. Um, Someone also said we beat them three two in pre-season as well, which is interesting. We've got we've got Arsenal's card at the moment, um, but I think as much as you could say for other games, oh well, so and so had a bad day or whatever, or so and so was missing through injury. We've played a strong Arsenal side there and, and been very good and beat them comfortably, um, and that's only a, a really positive sign for Villa, obviously. You say that about Arsenal though, doesn't that sum up the whole of the Premier League being Jekyll and Hyde? Yeah, I think draws. I mean, they are for Villa, but draws should be banned. No, anyway. <laughs> are overrated. So let's have a, you know, let let's. Have, I, I love it though. I love the way the Premier League is. is yeah, I do. Do we have a quick look at the table before we move on, just to see where Villa are? Yeah, um, they're in sixth. 
a familiar yeah. familiar position for for Villa fans in for ten years ago in the O'Neill days. Back up in sixth, fifteen points, uh, three off the top of the table with a game in hand over everybody in that top half. Uh, Man City also a game in hand, obviously because we play them. Um, but if we win that game in hand, or we'd played level games with everybody else and won that game in hand, we'd potentially be sitting top of the table after eight games played, which is an incredible turnaround. I still can't quite get my head around what's going on at the moment. I think if Villa did get to the top of the table, I hope they wouldn't do what Southampton have done. Have you seen it? The um, <laughs> the can T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've T-shirts as well. We've got T. I mean, the the the, the tweet. I saw the tweet. Yeah, I saw the tweet. And they went went to the top of the league um, momentarily, but they've, they've released a, a line a, a range of um, commemorative uh, leisure wear now, which I think wow. is a little bit. That's not me being bitter because they beat us, but I think it is a little <laughs> bit small time. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's a lot of talking points I want to get through t- uh, tonight. We've only got 20, 25 minutes, and there's a lot of comments coming through saying, great performance, really well played, etc. Someone just said, how the hell did we lose to Leeds? We were on fire tonight. Um, I will come back to that later, but let's, like you said, try and keep it chronological order. We'll start with that VAR goal that wasn't given, 47 seconds. I think it was McGinn fires in an absolute rocket uh, with a, a great build-up as well to the goal. Not given because Barkley is deemed to be offside and in the, the line of uh, Leno's sight. Not quite sure I can get on board with that because he hit it at such ferocity. I don't think even if he could see it, it was past him before he could even react anyway. I think that's very, very harsh to rule that out, even if I take away my Aston Villa bias. What, what do you think? Obviously, yeah. ultimately, now it doesn't matter anyway, but it, that's the sort of thing that, forget the, what, what happened in the result. Villa going ahead at the Emirates 1-0 after 47 seconds and having it ruled out for something that the naked eye probably wouldn't have seen, that could change the, the course of a game. Thankfully for Villa, it didn't. Yeah, if it, if it had done, I'd have probably kind of whipped up the level of injustice a bit more. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> We've seen so many, haven't we? I mean, back Patrick Bamford yesterday, bless him. <laughs> oh, yeah, that yeah, that was a joke as well. That was ridiculous. You know, that, that was at least, at least in this injustice or potential injustice, Barkley was offside. So he, yeah. That bit's beyond dispute. It's the fact, was he interfering? Um I think he was slightly in the line of vision of the goalie. Uh, I admit that, that McGinn hit the hit the um, strike with such force that I don't think he'd have stopped it anyway. Um, but oh, who cares, Dan? Yeah, cares? yeah, exactly. There's it a point from, from... Villa, It didn't affect Villa's performance in a negative way. Villa just yeah. kept at it, and rather than feeling sorry for, sorry for themselves, just made sure that, that that they were able to kind of, you know, get the get the result there super superiority deserved. Yeah, there's a point here that Sam says Andy Gray on, on being sports had a fair point. The keeper moved his arm and reacted, so he could see he, he could see the ball. So uh, got away with on there. And like you said, if it had changed the course of the game, we'd have been sitting here. And I was prepared to be sitting here thinking, right, well, we'll go hard on the VAR thing if Villa lose here. But ultimately, it, it doesn't matter anyway because Villa were so good after that. We could have had four or five, regardless of that goal. To be honest, we, I, I thought we played really, really well in spells of that. And I said this to my dad um, as, as the game was going on. We've talked before about what's kind of Villa ceiling how far can they go how far away are they from from getting back towards the top or the the middling range of the Premier League or higher Um, and if Villa play like they do in those little spells where they look really good for a prolonged period of of 90 minutes a a prolonged period of 90 minutes they stayed injury free they added a couple more additions I don't think Villa are already that far away from being a top eight side in the Premier League I know that's getting a bit carried away and all the rest of it, but in, in spells, we look very, very good 
and I'm I, the Challenge round just in 2020. If you go back to March 2020, we were terrible. We were even even early July when football first came back. It was only those last four games of lockdown when we really made a difference. The change around has been remarkable, and I, I don't know quite what Dean Smith and Co have done, but they deserve a big round of applause for it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what a top eight team looks like. <laughs> does it mean Crystal Palace? Does it mean Southampton? I'm I'm not sure. I just think that um, got to pose a threat, don't they? You know, yeah. score with the exception. How many times? There can't be too many games when they've not scored. Was it just that that Leeds game? Is that the only game Villa haven't scored in uh, this year? I think so. Um, I think so. Well, they're rattling in the goals at a fair old rate. Um, yeah, I'm going to be a very, very cliched, boring manager, really. Let's take it a game at a time and let's enjoy yeah. the ride. What I do like is Villa's Villa's habit of going into uh, international breaks on the back of a resounding win, so you can kind of milk it, yeah. milk it for a full fortnight. I'm was a, it Liverpool before the last one? Yeah, I'm a big fan of that, I must admit. Um, somebody in the comments said that it's gone past now because a lot of people watching, a lot of comments coming through, so thank you for that. But they said something like, it's not just uh, the, the, the recent wins, it's, again, it's, it's who those teams are against, so Leicester, Liverpool and Arsenal. Is this a different Villa we're seeing now that we can take the game to the big boys and we don't look scared of the big boys? I mean, are Arsenal a big boy? <laughs> Debate about Leicester, whatever. Um, they're top of the league. But do you know what I mean? Like, it seems like a different Villa that we're not, we're not scared of anybody now. Can you leave in the comments what constitutes a big boy? Leave <laughs> uh, in the comments what is a big boy. Um, I don't think Villa are, are scared of anybody particularly. I mean, the, those, these wins now... I mean, how many points? Have, how many points have Villa got? So that's fifteen points. Fifteen. And I'm, how many did we finish last season with? Thirty-four. I think it was thirty-four. Yeah, maybe thirty-five. So we're pretty much halfway to what we were last season already. So yeah, it's just a little bit of kind of. I think the fact that that Villa already have a little, you know, several points in the bag, and they don't have a kind of um, a demanding public to play in front of the moment. Yeah. Front of, I think the shackles are off to a degree. Um, yeah, when you look at the league table, we're we're already uh, twelve points clear of Albion in the bottom three, so we're a four-game swing of having a terrible run of form and the bottom three having a great run of form for us to be in any kind of danger. I don't foresee Villa being in any relegation trouble this season. I know that's very risky to say, seven games into it into a Premier League season, but I just don't think that would be the case at all. Um, and I think the pro- the projections of where we where we assess Villa every week have to keep changing. We said at the start of the season, if Villa finished fifteenth, that'd be a good year. Seven games in, I think if Villa finished fifteenth, I'd be I'd be unhappy with that now. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, yeah, let let let's set our sights high. Let's say twelfth. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I think twelfth is a good season, but I don't think Villa are a million miles away from being a top ten side this season. I know I'm talking big here, but I'm trying to see what the comments say. Maybe I'm getting carried away, but that's football, isn't it? It's just a mad, mad league, isn't it? Um, and if it does all settle back into its natural order in a couple of months' time, at least we'll have those points in the bag. Yeah, uh, give us give us the head start against the kind of Premier League newbies or the consolidators like we were last season. I think James said something similar like that, that, yeah, if things do change, that Villa have already got a bit of a cushion. Um, I tweeted an, a, a stat that I prepared at half-time <laughs> in, uh, in um, possibility of jinx in the result, but Villa have now won three away games this season and are yet to concede a goal on the road. Uh, Villa only managed two away wins in the whole of the 1920 Premier League campaign. Do you remember who those two wins were against? There's a little quiz for you. Two away wins last year? 
So only two away wins all season last season, and we've already got three this year. The three this year are Fulham, um, <laughs> Arsenal, and Leicester. Was it Norwich and Burnley? Was it, it was Norwich and Burnley, yeah. Good knowledge. But that's that's a good turnaround, isn't it? Because Villa struggled on the road last year, and that was a big part of it, of saying Villa's away form is, is hurting them here. Whereas this season, it looks like home and away, we're, we're, uh, we're going to be decent this year. Yeah, it was interesting hearing... Um, what was I going to say? I've, got, I've lost my train of thought. I'm just going to leave you in silence to be <laughs> awkward and try and remember. Carry on, mate. Carry on. Let's see what these comments... Interesting hearing the voices in my head that completely throw me off track. There's 883 people watching, so thank you for tuning in on this uh, Sunday evening. Um, Luke Bevan says, Before the season started, I'd said I'd be happy with a 12th place finish, but the way things are going, there are great things to come. Tom Cowley says, This season, I don't think there's much between a comfortably safe team and a top 10 slash top 8 team, which, yeah, I think that's fair. I don't think the points difference between 16th and 10th will be much at all. Uh, Paul Cummins says, 10th or 12th, I'll be very happy. Um, what about talk about talk to me about Emmy Martinez, who's a goalkeeper that probably is potentially good enough. I'm not saying that Leno is a poor goalkeeper, um, but he could. He's I think he's good enough that he could be starting for Arsenal this season. How 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 smug do you think he'll be tonight with a, a clean sheet at his old club? Oh, it'd be proper chuffed around here, especially when John McGinn played a hostile pass to him. That I, <laughs> I thought I'd do that. Um, undo well, undo the, the the high momentum start that Villa had made. Um, yeah, I think it's... Um, like I said, Villa have still conceded a lot of goals uh, in recent weeks. Um, so the clean sheet will be massive. Massive yeah. for him. Massive for the confidence of the of the back four in front of him. Um, I actually think... I know you've asked me about Martinez, but I actually think um, Douglas Louise was was brilliant again today. Yeah. Um, just, just as a kind of... Um, I don't know, because the disruptor, really... I just thought he was kind of all over the place, getting a foot in and and disrupting anything Arsenal Arsenal wanted to do. Um, and not only that, now when when Louise is winning the ball, Villa can spring, Villa can spring fast, and it's not just Jack Grealish. Yes. It's Jack Grealish, it's Ross Barkley, it's it's Watkins. You know, Trezeguet came back in tonight, and I thought he was decent. Um, that. That first goal, I thought, was absolutely magnificent. To be Is this fair. the fir- first goal that wasn't a goal, or the actual first goal? No, the actual goal that was given, the one Trezeguet stroke Saka combined yeah. for. I just that, thought they were all good goals. I thought, yeah, I thought every the, goal was a good finish. I thought the patience, the way that Grealish and Ross Barkley just—it was like a kind of cat toying with a mouse. Yeah, I was going to say it was like a, we were toying with Arsenal. Yeah, down that left-hand side and that little reverse pass. That, that's the kind of pass that Jack Grealish plays, the reverse pass that Barkley played into target for the crosser, you know, for the drill ball across the box. It was just, you know, it was really, really easy on the eye. It was really great to see. Yeah, all the goals, like I said, Villa look like they can really turn it on at times and be and be really, really special. That first goal in particular, like you say, we were toying with Arsenal. Barkley and, and Grealish, very patient, very measured. Every ball they play is... Uh, I think Barkley surprised me a little bit. I knew he was a good player, but he's, he's better than I thought he was, especially considering how much of a... 
He's not had a difficult time at Chelsea, but he's not had the best couple of years, has he, since his Everton days. He surprised me to just how good he is on the ball, I think. Grealish is no surprise. I don't know which, which goal it was. I think it was the second Martinez throws it out to Grealish, who picks it up in his own half, runs with pace and power, and, and slots it through to Watkins, I think. He cuts it across the goalkeeper. Villa just... Third, I believe, sir. Was that, was that the third? Villa are just a good side. When they, when they can turn it on and they're focused and they don't make silly mistakes, we're a good side this year, and... It's a it's a fine balance between getting carried away and appreciating how good we are, and it's, it's it, that is difficult because it's very easy as a Villa fan just after we've watched us beat Arsenal three 0 away ten minutes ago to sit here and get carried away. But Villa are good. It's what how I'll end it, and I'm very happy with the way things yeah, are going. You're going to call it? Is that what you're going to call this? Is that the uh, the working title? This Villa are good. Hey, they. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did, um, so Watkins name he obviously scored a brace today. That's taken him to. Well, my so, uh, six, six in the league. league goals, but that's yeah. eight eight goals in ten appearances in all competitions. Yeah, um, and I don't want to pick on poor Wesley, but Wesley got six goals in twenty two competition. Good, good, good stat. You prepared so, some stats. It just yeah, listen. I know three of them came in one match. Two of them came in another match, but that that doesn't undermine the fact that three of them were against Liverpool and two of them were yeah. against Liverpool. Um, and his first goal, you know. He's brave not only to put his head in amongst the bodies, but to actually head a volleyed <laughs> a volleyed cross from Roth Barkley as well. Yeah, I think he's. Um, I think we've said this before, haven't we? But it's just that mobility. I think that he that he offers. He can do. He can work the channels. He can hold the ball up. I mean, there's a time in the first half where I think he got a free kick for it in the end, but he just kind of took the ball out of the sky on his chest. He can be big and strong. He yeah. can be mobile. But the thing I like about him is when there's any opportunity, he's straight in the box. You know what I mean? Whereas Wesley Wesley probably loitered a little bit more, did much so much of his workouts while the box and he was knackered, didn't get in the box enough. I think Watkins is the, the more complete player. Yeah. Just um, to play devil's advocate there, there's a good comment here from Ramon who says, would Wesley in this team have more opportunities than he did in, in a struggling Villa last year? I think that's probably quite fair. I think that's fair. I think over the course of the season, I think we'll probably see Wesley um, and see what he can do in this team. You know, it might not be till the till the new year now and it's probably going to be for the last kind of 15, 20 minutes of games when, when Watkins ties potentially. Uh, although he hasn't shown any... I was going to say, he doesn't show that, does he? Shows many, he's shown many times of tiring yet, but it... It is a fair point, isn't it? Because, you know, previously Wesley would have relied on Jack Grealish to beat seven players and to, you know, you know, put the ball on a on a sixpence for him. Whereas Villa now have, have creative outlets in different parts of the team. So it is a fair point and I think we'll we'll test that theory when Wesley's yeah. fit and well. I think his his um, hold up play is something that I didn't quite realise he was that good at. Obviously, I uh, judged him a little bit on YouTube compilations of him scoring twenty six goals for Brentford, and they don't really show his hold up play in a YouTube compilation. It's not sexy, is it? Hold up play, but he's uh, he a. Lot- you've hit upon a niche there. Maybe you should start doing that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. off people's chests. I, I could do with less work though. So if you don't mind, I won't. I won't take up that. Um, but yeah, his hold up play is a lot better than I thought it was. I thought he'd be a bit more of a. It's a lazy analysis because we've seen him play now, but before we signed him, I thought he'd be a little bit more of a Darren Bent type, that he'd always be on the shoulder, he'd always be in the six-yard box kind of hanging around and might not offer much else. But because he's played out wide and does has to, does have to work hard from time to time, I think he's he's built up that in, in his game. Um, and today, and it wasn't the last two games, obviously we've not played great, but there's been a couple of seasons, a couple of games this season already where I thought, actually, his hold-up play is very good and he helps us link up uh, midfield and striker very well. 
Yes. <laughs> um, I was going to make another point there, but I forgot now because I thought you were going to talk a little bit more. I hate it when you do that. Can you not? Just see, Don Coles. I just want to get the last the last dregs of it. Um, what do you think is his? We've said this before. This is a common phrase. What do you think his ceiling is, Ollie Watkins? How many goals do you think he can get Arthex. in the league? He's probably got a bit of Artex on there. But, uh, how many goals can he score? Well, he's well on the way. He's, I mean, he's got six, six in seven. Is that right? Six in seven in the six and seven. Yeah. So oh, God, he's on record God. for about thirty and thirty-eight. Then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Thirty-seven in thirty-eight. I think. <laughs> I think he's got to aim for 20. I'd have said, I said 15 goals in all competitions when he signed. Uh, really? And he's already halfway there. Yeah. Um, so I think he's got to look for 20, hasn't he? You know, but imagine that. Villa, Villa Strike is going 20 goals in the Premier League. Um, I said it's unheard of, but Benteke got pretty close, didn't he, to be fair? Um, but yeah, I think he's got to aim for 20. I think it's possible. I think it, it relies on him staying staying fit it relies on him scoring a couple more hat tricks against the big boys uh, or a couple of more more braces but why not you know yeah I'll set the ceiling as high as possible for individual players for Villa I want to keep myself keep my feet on the ground I want to you know if Villa finish 12th or above now I'll be delighted but if um, Watkins finishes with anything less than 20 goals I'll be really really angry with him really I know you're joking a little bit do you actually think that 20 is realistic I think it's I think it's a realistic ambition to to strive for. Uh, is that in all competitions or just the Premier League? Well, there's only Premier League in the FA Cup left. Now, isn't there? So, yeah, but he could if we go if we get to the cup final, he could score a hat, a hat full in there. I tell you what, if we if he gets us to the cup final, I'll let I'll let the I'll let that cat draw. Get that cat in the semis. It's league there, moment. Um, yeah, I think so he, I think if he got 15 goals in the Premier League, even with six already, I think I still think that would be a decent season for him for a first season in the Premier League if he got to 15 I think actually scoring 8 goals in, the, in his first uh, in his first 10 games I think he can be proud of himself regardless of what happens now but yeah. you know he's he's on pens as well isn't he so that's true yeah. and he wasn't at Brentford is that right yeah he didn't well in the goal compilation I saw where he scored 26 not one of them was a penalty what about in the holding it up compilation? <laughs> no, that, that was a 40-minute video. I sat through him just chesting it down. It was, oh, it was sexy. I'd like to a video of um, failed Penenkas. Um, I think that would bring me... Oh, God. Did you see that Fulham one yesterday? Just off topic. In the 96th yeah, minute or whatever it was. That's what, that's what put it in my mind, yeah. It's hilarious. Um, you know what else I watched last night? Go on, hit me. Gremlins. <laughs> have you seen Gremlins? Uh, I don't think I have, you know. Have you not seen it? I don't think so. I've oh. heard of it. Actually, no. Have I? Oh, I don't know. I don't think I have. You want to? Um, you want to watch it? We're going through a habit of um, watching eighties films and stuff, or older films with um, the nice. kids. Actually, while I'm on the subject of Gremlins, I've never met until my daughter showed me last night. She could do this. I've never met anybody who can do the oh, what's his name? Matt Gremlins now, the cute one. Gizmo. Have you? See if you. See if you. Let, listen to this name. I'm going to do my gizmo, and when you finish at the end of this, see if you can see see how good it is. Okay. <laughs> You've been watching the Cloud and Blue podcast, brought to you by Bangalore Live. 
That is brilliant. That is brilliant. You, listen, you, listen to, you watch Gremlins, Gremlins now on Amazon or Netflix or whatever when you're done. £3.50 to hire it, £5 to buy it. So you put it on Xbox. <laughs> Research. <laughs> anyway, wandered off the track. Where were we? Um, there's a lot of people saying Gremlins is a great film. Uh, Gizmo is so cute. You can't watch you can't watch Gremlins. It's not Christmas apparently. So it is a Christmas film to be fair, it? but it's nearly Christmas, isn't it? Um, <laughs> everyone's saying that was very good. Wow. Okay. Uh, straight over my head. I'm here for the football. I'm here for the serious football chat. We've had a couple of serious uh, conversations over the last few podcasts, and now you're back, oh, and yeah. it's all gone to nonsense. Talk to me about Ross Barkley, because I've said that he was surprising. He surprised me how good he is. My dad said, it, uh, how is he not back in the England squad yet? And I just said, Gareth Southgate. Um, also, Jack Grealish, again, excellent. How he's not starting every single game for, for England, as we know and as we've said before, is a, tra- is a travesty. Um, two excellent players for Villa. Blessed, aren't we? We're blessed to have both of them. That, that midfield is excellent. Louise, McGinn, Grealish and, and Barkley and then Watkins in form as, on form as well. Trezeguet works hard. That front six is, is, is very strong now. Yeah, I got a bit... bit <laughs> I got temporarily agree, annoyed with McGinn. Um, he gave that pass up when he... You know, gave that dodgy back pass and he, he sprayed a kind of left to right ball as well that got cut out. And I thought, is he going to have one of them, those ones? And then he just kind of switched... Well, he'd already had a goal disallowed by then, so I'd be harsh, but he switched back on again. Uh, I think the fact that Barkley and Grealish are that kind of fluid and have that much guile and craft going forward and energy. And I think Douglas Louise has that much kind of desire to cover ground and to, to get Villa, you know, to, to get the opposition out of possession and get Villa into possession. McGinn, probably, who I thought was, for the first couple of months of last season, um, was one of Villa's best players before he dipped and then before he get in, got injured. I think McGinn, it's, it's weird that McGinn still plays well and was probably Villa's fourth best midfielder. Yeah. Um, on the that, that shows how much our standards have raised, though, hasn't it? Brilliant, but that's what you want, isn't it? You yeah. know, and, you know, with respect to Nakamba and Harahan and so on, well, I suppose those two. <laughs> I so think that's it, isn't it? <laughs> it's those two, really. They're not going to get in that team, are they? You know, not not on not on the current form of the, of the players in possession of the shirt. You know, obviously, we, we hope they stay fit. Um, hope, well, hope they all stay fit and suspension free. Yeah. But, no, it, it, it's great to see, but I think it was... Um, I don't think there was a bad performance, was there, tonight? No, not at all. I think it'd be easier. It'd be yeah, it'd be more difficult to pick out somebody who, who didn't perform tonight. You could sit here all day and go, Grealish was this, Barker was that, Trezeguet played well, Watkins. I think Watkins was given man of the match. He was being interviewed uh, at the end of the game, and he, he's an Arsenal fan, and his, his family are Arsenal fans. And he said something like, "My my granddad and uncle Baz won't be happy with me tonight, but uh, I'm I'm delighted to get the, the goals and to to get the win for Villa." The usual cliches, but. Uh, yeah, he seems a nice guy. We've said this before, haven't we, about Ollie Watkins? He just seems like a, a nice guy, a good footballer, and for, for what is it, 26 million? Looks a, a fair price, or if not, a, a bargain. Yeah, I think he's got his head on his shoulders, hasn't he? I think coming through the kind of... Good character. At Exeter and, and, and Brentford, I think, has shaped him into being a kind of a good human being, as well yeah. as, a, as, a, as an excellent footballer. Um, and, you know, tough luck, Uncle Baz, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. Um, 
I asked you off air before we started of something I wanted to talk about, and I, I'm thinking of the best way to phrase this without sounding mental um, and without sounding like I'm getting carried away. But again, it's football. This is what happens. Um, when we've played well against Leicester and Liverpool, people outside of Villa will maybe look at that and think that's Villa in a blip. That those are the freak results beating good sides like Leicester and Liverpool. Now we've beat Arsenal as well. Is it not fair to maybe suggest that, that Villa's blips were Southampton and Leeds and that Villa being poor is a blip now rather than the reverse? I'm not saying that we're going to go out there and beat everybody because that would be, be fool, foolish. Um, but rather than looking at it as Villa playing well and going, oh, well, they just had a good day against a poor Liverpool side, a good day against a poor Arsenal side. Is it not maybe that Villa are actually a good side this year and losing to Leeds and Southampton, although two good sides, let's not forget. Those are the blips and Villa's bad days are, are the things that are maybe a bit more of a freak. Or am I just getting a bit carried away? I think it's still a very narrow sample, isn't it? You know, it's still only yeah, seven games in and the next two games I think are interesting. I've just been glancing down the fixture list and it's Thanks, Brighton. Three. I haven't got down to the third one. Brighton at home, West Ham away. And then Newcastle. Newcastle at home. So... I don't know. I don't think Villa will go over the course of the season smashing and being smashed. I think something will. Um, I think something will even itself out um, as we go along. But the thing for me is that they've got ways. They've got more than one way to hurt teams now. Yeah. Um, you know. I mean, I've just been checking Ash's player ratings, and he's give Grealish nine point five, um, which I don't think he Grealish. Well, I thought they were all kind of probably. Eights or nines, anyway. I think Ashy's yeah. um, Ashy's marks reflect that. But to me, it's how can the defense? To me, it's it's the defense because the more if Villa kept, if Villa kept a clean sheet every week, I don't think there'd be many occasions when they would fail to score. Yeah. Um, but no matter how good leads are on the break, um, Southampton one was a bit of a freak one for me because. They were just kind of. It's not every goal was unbelievable. Corner. It's yeah. a bit like when we beat Liverpool, and it was deflections galore. I know Villa would have beat won that match anyway because they scored enough goals that weren't deflected. <laughs> Southampton was a bit of a freak one, but if Villa were going to lose, let's lose kind of one nil or, or two one rather than conceding conceding threes and fours. Um, yeah, but. In, in answer to your original question, I would like to think that the Villa that wins and wins comfortably is the real Villa than the Villa that concedes four or three goals at home in successive games. Um, yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. I think we're... I'd, I'd even say as far as the, the, the next four games, I'll look further down the fixture list. And it's Wolves. Is it Wolves? Yeah. Since Villa returned to the Premier League a year after Wolves, they've had the measure of us, haven't they? Um, you know, pretty much every game, a couple of times, you know embarrassingly so um, mm. so I'd like to see what this Villa team can do now um, against Wolves currently above Wolves as well at the moment yeah I mean Villa should have, have probably better ambitions than finishing above Wolves <laughs> I mean, but if we if we did finish above Wolves traditionally that means we, we'll probably end up in the top 7 or, or 6 so it's not a bad say, target you say traditionally we're two, two divisions above them about four years ago <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> take, take your points on recent, recent evidence yeah I, I, to be fair we might have been three 
divisions above them at one point? Premier League and League One? Oh, no, that's two. My math is poor. Um, just to go back what you just said about Villa kind of being good all over, Luke Evans just said that, uh, or said before that McGinn's got four assists and one goal. I'm surprised. I didn't realise he got four assists already. Um, could have got two goals as well if, if tonight had have stood. It's not the Jack Grealish show anymore, is it? And that's the, that's the biggest thing. And it wasn't really... I was going to say it wasn't really last season, but it probably was at times. But now Ollie Watkins can score goals, John McGinn can contribute, Douglas Louise looks good, um, Barkley has added a different dimension, Jack Grealish again has stepped it up a level this season, Trezeguet will contribute, will get goals from the defenders at set pieces. Villa look a more rounded unit for the first time and there might not be much after that first 11 in terms of squad players to bring on. Again, I don't think we made a substitution tonight. I yeah, think we said after... He on, didn't he? Oh, he did, yeah. I think he only got five minutes of that. Um, and I think it might have been already, already three at that point but yeah regardless last week we were saying it's a bit strange that Villa haven't made subs to change the game at 3-0 down at Southampton but tonight we haven't made any subs either because I don't think there's that depth behind the first 11 but that first 11 does look strong now and it looks like a, a, a new Villa that we're not used to and one that we've probably not seen for 10 years maybe yeah, having, yeah. A Villa having a strong unit of a first team I'm just thinking what was the last time Villa were competitive in the Premier League. And I don't I don't mean I don't probably don't even mean challenging for Europe. I mean how does this squad compare to the one from Julian? Perhaps, the, I think I think this squad Julian is I think this is better. I think. Do you? Because that's you know you've got I think I think the players were that we had then, I might be misremembering who was still there then, but I think you had players heading past their peak I don't know whether that is accurate or whether I'm just misremembering older players kind of winding down their career whereas I think the average age now is 24 defensively because you'd have your Collins lots of Collins and Dunn um, Friedel but you know in the forward areas you'd have um, Darren Ben you'd have Darren Ben Ashley Young Stuart Downing who was still a bit older but approaching the around their prime I mean they both went you know for, for Man United and Mind you, Milner have gone by then, haven't they? But yeah, gone, yeah. the fact the fact that we're even having this conversation suggests that we think that in the space of one season and seven matches, yeah. Villa have from newly promoted to a team that has already been better than the Paul Lambert era, the Tim Sherwood, and the well, the Tim Sherwood and the Remy Guard era, probably. But they need to be better, otherwise they wouldn't be in the division. But to me. And again, I don't like to make too many, too many massive assumptions on, on just a handful of games. Yeah. To me, that's quite a turnaround, to be honest. A team that was promoted from the championship, was it ahead of schedule? I don't know. Probably was ahead of schedule with the situation that Dean Smith inherited, if not the squad he inherited. To get that team and to evolve with a fair bit of cash spent into the team that we saw tonight and that we've seen in recent weeks... It's exciting, isn't it? It's 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 a really impressive turnaround, and I don't think as Villa fans we could have hoped for for a lot more than than what we've seen right yeah. now. I think yeah, it's, I think it's wise to say that I think the best way to judge that will be the end of this season. If Villa finish sixteenth and we fizzle out, then yeah, you can't make comparisons with with previous squads. But people are saying this is the best squad we've had since. Early, to, uh, early early 2000s or late 90s, some people are saying, 95, 96. Uh, someone says it's the best squad we've seen this century. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> is this century? Is that 2000 onwards? Yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? Um, people saying the Julia year, but then someone says we finished ninth in the Julia year, which was probably a false position because that side underperformed for the vast majority of that year. 
Um, so think it's the best side. Is it? Can, can it possibly? I, I think it's a bit of a leap to say it's the best side since 1996. Yeah, I wouldn't agree with that. I think that Martin O'Neill's peak era of Gareth Barry and Milner and Young and Carew and Richard Dunn and people like that, I think that's probably the best best side. Because that side finished sixth in the Premier League. If this side does similar yeah, things, then yeah. Yeah, the Premier League three different. years in a row. Well, what what yeah. I would say is this side has the capacity to be easier on the eye. Yes, um, than more likeable. Because they were quite functional. And, you know, I know they they've got bits of flair in, in the form of, Ashley Young and Milner and, yeah. and so on. But I think I think this in terms of the aesthetic pleasure that they can bring. Um yeah, let's let's see, let's see, let's let's compare the two when the when this this team's finished sixth in the in the league three times in a row. Yeah. I just want to finish with those three games that you mentioned that are coming up next, and I want people in the comments to to leave a comment as well. Uh, people in the comments to leave a comment, obviously, of uh, points of point, points tally. God, I'd love to be able to speak. Points tally for those three games. It's, it's late. I'm, I'm tired. Brighton, uh, Newcastle, and West Ham, uh, the next three games for Villa. Now, on paper, with the start Villa have had, Brighton played good football, to be fair. You would look at those and think... Villa could win all three there. Again, I'm at risk of getting carried away suggesting that Villa are going to win what What would that be? 10 out of... 8 out of 10 or whatever it is. I don't know. My, my, my knowledge is falling apart at this point. But I would suggest on paper Villa could get all nine points there. I think realistically seven is probably more, more achievable. But I'd probably take six as well because I think Newcastle and possibly West Ham could leave us a little bit unstuck against Bruce and, and Moyes. Yeah, let's go for six because we don't do draws. Um, that's, yeah, that's true. I don't know which one. Um, I'm not sure which one we'd lose, but I'd, I'd take six out of those. You know, I would keep, take six as well. It would keep us ticking along quite nicely, wouldn't it? Um, that's the wrong one. Having said, said, said that, <laughs> you'd, back, you'd, you'd back Villa to beat all of them, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, that's what I mean. If, and if Villa are going to be a side that finish eighth or above, we have to learn to be relentless. And, and and back this up now with another win. It's all well and good um, losing to Leeds and Southampton, then going to the Emirates and getting a clean sheet and going right. Villa are back international break, regroup, focus. Let's go again. But then if we go and lose to Brighton, you kind of go, oh, what was the point? You want to go and back that up now by beating Brighton, then go to West Ham and then Newcastle and then a local derby against Wolves and then who knows where you can go. There's a lot of comments coming in saying nine points, so maybe I'm not the only one getting carried away. There's a lot of nines. Uh, someone says eight if you count the Wolves game as well. Uh, nine, five points, maybe seven, nine, seven, nine. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'm, I'm not the only one then. I like that. I, I, I like a bit of confidence. I know we, you, I always get a bit carried away and you always say, let's let's not get carried away and let's be a little bit um, more realistic maybe. But it's nice to get carried away, isn't it? Why not? I um, I don't want to come across to Kevin Keegan, but I would love it if we beat, <laughs> beat Newcastle in style. Oh, so. Just to kind of show Steve Bruce that... that you know, this is what a kind of a real kind of fluid. That'll be difficult mind, though. Attack-minded kind of flair-based team team looks like. I'd, I'd, I'd take a great deal of satisfaction from that. Um, It'll be hard but, to break them down. We've got we've got two more games before it, haven't we? So I'm probably getting probably That's getting true. probably getting ahead of myself. Um, someone someone's just said that nine points is realistic. It's, it's realistic. It's you yeah. know, it's realistic. Villa Villa have beaten some some top teams already. You yeah. know, so it's, it's not beyond beyond the realms of possibility. I mean, 
you know, Christ, what, what happens if they win the next three games and we're doing our, our um, one of these after the, the third game? What am I going to say now? I'm going to say 11th. You know, I'm going to... I'm going to... <laughs> well, we're setting targets of, what, 30-odd points to, to reach for. If we win the next three, we'd, we'd be on 20... Um, 24. <laughs> Just get my fingers out. We'd be on 24 already, so we're you know, only 10 points worse off than last season already, so... The, the further this goes on, the more the, the longer we can't just go, oh, well, it's a good start, but we'll see what happens. We'll reassess a few games down the line. I seriously think, and like I said earlier, if we finish 15th now, as I said at the start of the season, that I'd be happy with, I would now be unhappy with, with finishing 15th. Obviously, Premier League survival is the be-all and end-all, but I think this side is good enough to finish 12th, maybe top half, maybe better if everything goes our way. Um, and that's pretty much where I'll, I'll end it, I think. Before you do end it, do you know what I really enjoyed tonight? I enjoyed that slip from Tierney. Um, <laughs> it reminded me, do you remember when, um, do you remember the old David Dunn drag back and spin that they used on the Sky Plus adverts for years yeah, yeah. for Blues against Villa? It reminded me of that. Um, I do take delight in stupid little moments like that. <laughs> um, um, just before we go, there's a comment here from Chris Jones that's interesting saying another inter- international break at the wrong time. Is there such a thing as a bad time for an international break when you've just won or is it a, an opportunity to, for us to really settle in and, and assess what worked and hopefully take that over to the next game? Or would you like to be playing again in four days or whatever? I don't know. To be fair to kind of the football authorities, it's hard to plan the international calendar around Villa's form. Uh, <laughs> well, um, I quite like this... this give you a kind of insight into my stupid head I quite like being able to gloat for a couple of weeks yeah I do as well puts a spring in my step for a couple of weeks Uh, in terms of Villa I know it's not all about me in terms of Villa I don't know I I really don't know whether it's a a good thing or a bad thing to be honest I think if if Villa are at it it doesn't matter whether they've had a two week break or whether they've they've had a three day break to be honest I don't know I think the fact that what what I would say I don't think international breaks should be treated as, as a negative for Villa, um, given the fact that Smith is using probably 12 or 13 players maximum. Yeah. Um, certainly for the first couple of weeks of the season. So I don't think it hurts to, to get get the, these bits of respite in. So I don't know about momentum, but I'll, I'll gladly gladly look at Villa kind of three points off the top, off the top of the table. Um, you know, five wins from seven. It's amazing, isn't it, really? It's quite... Um... It is. Uh, there's an interesting comment here that I'll, I will get out of here at some point, but when the comments keep coming through, it start, just sparks a little thought process, um, which is rare for my brain. Paul says, if we were talking about any other team, you would say they're contenders for a European place, so why not, essentially, why not think that about Villa? But then he says that, and I'll flick back and look at the Premier League table and see Southampton in fourth and think, they won't keep that up. They won't finish in the top six. So I look at Southampton, who are one point better off than us and two places higher, and think, oh, they'll fade off. So I think, why can that, how can then I sit here and go, oh, yeah, but Villa will finish in the top six? I think that table will still even out to the usuals at some point, I think. I don't know whether that's being negative or not. Um, so it's hard to say, oh, if it was someone else, you'd be going, oh, yeah, they're nailed on for Europe, because I, I don't think it's as easy as that, because I don't feel that way about Southampton being up there. Do you think Man? All right, let, let, let's test the theory. Do you think Manchester United will finish above Villa? Oh, that's a good question. Let me scroll down. Where are they now? You have to keep scrolling ten. for a while, mate. <laughs> yeah, right down the bottom. Um, they're on ten. I mean, they're only five points behind. So yes, I think they probably will. Because I think they'll probably get rid of Solskjaer and be much better. Do you think Manchester City will finish above Villa? Yes. 
do you think <laughs> Arsenal will finish above Liverpool? Uh, Arsenal is an interesting one. It depends where we. Yeah, again, yes, I think I think they will. I think Villa will finish tenth. So I'm going to say, so I've already kind of knocked Villa. Typical kind of positive me. I've already knocked Villa down three places. But if you think all those three are going to get above them, uh, but you further you look down, and I know it's only seven or eight games in, but how many others? Well, you know, I, I, I think I think tenth. I think the usual top six or seven will be up there. Wolves will be up there. <sighs> Everton will be up there. I don't think Palace will be up there. Nor West Ham, nor Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, maybe ninth then. Maybe, <laughs> maybe eighth. I don't know. People are, now the comments are coming through saying that I'm being I'm being negative. So yeah, maybe I've gone a bit one one way too much positive, then too much negative in, in the same podcast. But I look at the usuals there that aren't up there at the moment: Arsenal, Man City, Wolves in eleventh, tenth, and ninth. Man United down in fourteenth. Think they'll all be up in that top eight. So how much room does that leave for someone else to finish below them? But having said that, sorry, silly me. I'm kind of I'm, I'm promoting the also runs into the into the top top ten. But Southampton, like say Southampton and Palace, <laughs> could fall out. So yeah, it's, it's all yeah, it's all nothingness, isn't it? At this point, to to try and guess where we'll all finish seven games into a season. But I still I still think. Uh, I'd be happy if you offered me now. Villa will finish twelfth and have and win more games than they lose and have played good football. I would say okay, I'll, I'll take that. I think it's possible for, for Villa to finish in the top ten. I don't think it's possible for Villa to finish in in Europe. I think this season, but I don't think we're a million miles away from it. That's my assessment. Thanks for watching. <laughs> um, what are these comments say? We do need to get out of here at some point, but it's quite addictive seeing all the comments come through. Um, stop that. It's so annoying. I'm putting you on mute. That's annoying. <laughs> I can't hear you. I don't care. Uh, Roy says 10th. Alan says 10th. Uh, let's finish top six, but push for top four. See, this is what I mean. A top four. That's mental. Um, but yeah, everyone's opinions is allowed. So that's fair enough. What do you think then? If you've got to put a, put a number on it, where do Villa finish? Mate. Yes, you're not on mute now, so you you're muted, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd be happy if they avoid relegation. I think look the way that this, the tables opened up, early doors. I think they probably could finish in the top eight or nine. Um, I, I'm with you. I'd take twelve, twelfth name. Um, I just want to. I, I keep saying this. I just want to be back in. I just want to be back in Villa Park. I'm getting sad now. <laughs> yeah, really getting on my nerves. Bad enough. Do you think we'll be in Villa Park for 2021? Say it again. Do you think we'll be back inside Villa Park for the end of 2021 season? The end of this season? Can't I don't think. We, I don't really. think we will. Why don't they just? Why doesn't somebody just market like loads of kind of? You know how you can get the masks like the, the Villa mask and stuff. Why don't they just? Why don't we just all have big hazmat suits now? <laughs> go back to life the way it was. You know those big. Yeah. There's big like Zorb ball things where you like, bounce off people. Can we just go in them and sit like ten seats apart? Just be this massive bubble. That would be quite fun. Doing that, getting to the match, just kind of bouncing down the M5, M6, going that way. Yeah, imagine a goal celebration, everyone bouncing off each other. Oh, that'd be great. Somebody get those marketed up. <laughs> oh, right, I'm, I'm calling it. Let's get out of here now. We say when we do these before we start, a little behind the curtain for everybody. We go, should we keep this around twenty minutes, twenty five minutes? Just go over the basics, try and keep the nonsense down. Here we are, whistling 
tunes from old 80s films and 46 minutes later and we're still here on a Sunday night so I'm going to call it there we've still got 600 people watching so thank you very much for everyone who's tuned in live on Facebook YouTube or Twitter this evening uh, if you're watching this after the fact or listening on Spotify iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts please do leave us a review we do appreciate all your support and we'll be back at some point during the international break with some general chit chat and then back again uh, for the Brighton game which I believe is the next fixture so thanks Matt for joining me thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll be back soon thank you for listening to Claret and Blue an Aston Villa podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please let us know we love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode until then up the villa up the villa